With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out. Because your membership is packed with perks. For $1 down and $24.99 a month, you'll get perks like access to any of our 2,400 clean and spacious locations. Bring your friend anytime and both work out with tons of equipment that'll give you that big fitness energy. Relax in the Black Card Spa and more. Work out and perk out with the PF Black Card. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal ends Thursday, August 10. See Home Club for details. Marco Hoyce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hoogstown for Anthony Modest. Wolf. Not a bad idea. Welcome back to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver, and it's been it's been a bit. If Carver and I said on the show that we're going to take a little break for the summer, I think we took maybe a longer break than what we initially thought. But it's good to have some time off. A lot of I want to say a lot of stuff has happened with Dortmund. Maybe not as much as we hoped is how I'm feeling a little bit. But uh, we do have a special guest joining us uh, to get into this like summer update. Brian Straub. Uh, who's been on the show quite a few times, and we're extremely happy to have you back, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be back. Uh, as I always say, it's always fun recording with you guys, so I'm ready to talk some PvP. Dortmund? Not Dortmund. <laughs> I meant to just say Carver, and I said Dortmund. Son of a bitch. You can refer to me that. It's, it's that. It's fine. Master Dortmund, <laughs> Master Dortmund, how are you doing, Carver? <laughs> uh, you know, recently I'm doing better. Uh, just strictly from, I guess... We're talking about Dortmund here. Uh, for the majority of the summer, at least until recently, I felt pretty underwhelmed and a bit despondent as well, to be honest. Uh, now, I don't want to rehash any like trauma from that day back in May, but you know, you'd expect Dortmund to use the, the devastation and the heartbreak as motivation to come together and light a fire under this club, the players and its fan base. But And some players are doing just that. Don't get me wrong. Like, Brandt uh, said to the re- media recently that he mentioned he used that Mainz game as motivation, him and Schlotterbeck both. I uh, can't speak for other players. I don't know if they are or not, but the overall complacency from the board has made this summer, again, until recently, feel just pretty uninspiring. And that's mostly directed at Vatska and co, you know, not just necessarily Kale, but uh, it's, it's not just from a sporting perspective either. But uh, just, I mean, first it was looting, ju- losing Jude Bellingham. And given the player profile he is and how classy he is in almost every measurable metric, the club tries to somewhat fill that void. And some of our primary targets fell through or it grew cold after the first month or so. And then there was this clash of ideas between Kale and Terzik with recruitment. And of course, you have the Nemecha drama and the club completely disregarding the, the Grunwitter Codex, the club's code of core values. And it's just... It's just been a pretty frustrating and underwhelming summer again until just recently, but hanging in there, trusting, trusting in Kale, letting them cook, letting them cook. Um, and I mean, we are going to talk about the the signing so far and uh, dive a little deeper into those coming up. But Brian, like your take on on the summer, and I guess how like coming off, we you don't have to get into everything about the the collapse at the end, but like I guess how's how's your summer been? Uh, how how do you feel like summer's been going? Yeah, uh, the summer's been fine. I mean, as you mentioned, the collapse and all that, the first couple of weeks were pretty emotional. I mean, obviously, you know, we expected more out of that game, but things happened the way they did, and you can't cry over spilled milk forever. But as Carver already mentioned, you know, with with the signings and, and, and everything that's gone on since, you would expect there to be a bit more of a reaction. And so far, um, up until recently, it has feel, or felt a little bit uninspired, I guess you can say. And, uh, and yeah, there, there's definitely, there's definitely more expectation for some of the deals that did quote unquote fall through. I mean, we really don't know the ins and outs of whether or not, you know, they were actually hot targets or whatever for the club. Um, we have whatever media speculation we were served basically. Um, but yeah, having those fall through kind of made the whole summer start to feel almost as if there wasn't an aim to any of the plans. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's been a very different summer from what I would have expected from the club coming off of a season where you almost won the title, you know? So of course we've had some preseason, um, games under our belt. I didn't get a great look at them. I, I caught some highlights here and there. 
Um, three wins uh, against lower division teams, uh, which is one thing that stuck out. I don't know if you guys want to mention preseason games or anything that stuck out to you guys. Um, I just like that it's preseason. Obviously, we're playing some of the youth and, and testing them out, um, uh, which is cool. Royce is in there banging goals a few times. Um, but again, I didn't watch much of these games. I know we, we've got a little more exciting games coming up with Manu and Chelsea. We'll hit on those a little bit later. But Carver, anything from preseason before we start talking signings? Because, I mean, some of the guys have gotten some action too, but preseason thoughts real quick? Yeah, I have only caught here. I mean, moments here and there in the games. One of them I missed completely. I was out of town and didn't get to catch him. But uh, again, these, yeah, like you mentioned, against lower division teams, I know we also almost lost two of them, at the very least almost tied a few of them. And uh, I have a quote here actually from Terzik after one of the last ones saying, we lost an extremely large al- a number amount of balls and we didn't like that. But the good thing is today's game should be a warning to us. Ex- exactly such an opponent waits us in the first round of the Pokal. And I'm glad he's at least, in which, you know, you would expect him to be, but I'm glad he's conscious of that, of, you know, some of these players um, need to start getting in the right headspace because the see, new season is right around the corner and the Pokal is very close now. So, you know, we're, we're already uh, getting ready to go here. And like I said, the I think the games coming up are going to be a little more serious. I think these ones, like, it is a good, like, I guess I have mixed feelings. I'm like, I want to see you just kind of embedding the guys in. And I, I think he is doing that, but it's a lot more testing the the youth and maybe seeing which guys have a chance at the first team, which guys uh, will be kind of BVB2 and younger. Um, but I, I think we do have the next few games to to get a little more ready, a little more serious. Brian, I know you mentioned you you didn't watch them either, but like any thoughts from like seeing lineups or anything out of these matches? Um, I mean, th- there's there's only so much I guess we can garner from these preseason games. Um, you know, like we said, they're, they're they're kind of just part of the preseason, trying to see where everyone's going to fit in. And I don't necessarily take too much stock out of the performances. I mean, it they're, they're just coming off a of vacation. Um, so it, it's more just, just a warm up. What, what I'm going to personally start looking at more so to see is once they've had a couple of these games under the belt and, you know, it, it comes closer to, you know, uh, like late August, early September when the season starts going, um, maybe with the first Pokal game, I think that'll be more so uh, a better gauge of where the team is at. Cause like I said, right now it's all kind of just seeing where everyone fits, letting some of the younger players, uh, get a chance. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, and since we've already mentioned them a couple times already, let's just let's talk about the this, this signings we've got. And unless I'm missing a few, uh, you think my notes should treat me well, but uh, I've been enjoying summer and haven't been. I kind of, I almost took a, a little break, not from Dortmund, but I mean a little bit from Dortmund. I just haven't been like that. As would be warranted. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been as in the weeds as I probably should since we're sitting down and doing a podcast about it. And I think like the first thing that comes to my mind, Carver, you kind of mentioned it too, is like lackluster uh it's a little like is is that all like what and not really knowing like i don't really know what the direction is and uh haven't been too excited at the things i've seen so far so i mean the first one was benza Bayini coming in at left back for guerrero um on a free on a free i don't i mean i guess we we can we'll start with let's start with these individually individually um and i guess my concern i know we had some questions about fullback and left back so or fullbacks, maybe we'll add that question in here too. But I, I don't understand. I don't like hate the Benza Bayini. Um, I don't know why we sent Tom Rota out on loan, just bringing in one one left back. Um, and that's my like, do we need to sign another one now? Like, I, I feel like he was our depth or looking to be the depth this year because we've seen a little bit from him before. Um, and so I'm just expecting a little more in that position a bit. But I mean, Benza Bayini overall, don't hate it, but it doesn't get me super excited. Vatska uh, specifically has mentioned that the club conceded too many goals last year and they're looking to improve in that department for uh, the defense. Yeah, I mean, Tom Rota, I mean, I think he's going to be good in a g- good experience in the second division. Now it's just a matter of are we going to add any more reinforcements because I think the back line definitely needs some uh, addings right now. I haven't seen too much. I think just as of late, there's a Stuttgart player that we're looking at. Um, I forget. I think his name is, it was like Josh Vagneman or something like that. Josh Vagneman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like he could play both positions. Uh, he'd be a good, he'd be a solid signing. I feel like I haven't seen too much of him play. 
Yeah, I mean, Benzabini, we, we know how this, we, we've been looking at Benzabini for a long time now, before even this transfer window. So we knew that one was coming. But yeah, it just kind of gives you the feeling again of a little unambitious and not that creative either. But again, it was it was kind of almost makeshift so far with the summer of so many things going awry and there being clash of ideas. So uh, it's it's not so much of like a clear vision at the moment, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a free signing and a, another ex- proven experienced Bundesliga player for Ben Zvani. I'm excited to see if he can rise up to the occasion here. Yeah, um, I think with Ben Zvani, it's it's obviously maybe not the most exciting signing, but from a financial standpoint and from an experience standpoint, it does make sense. Proven Bundesliga player, a bit more defensive than uh, Rafael Guerrero was. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what they're aiming for with that signing, someone that's a bit more physical that can actually help the back line out a little bit more. Granted, he's not the perfect signing, you know, for, for what it is and for the market these days, it's not the worst signing. So I, I think I'm kind of like with what you were saying, Jake, it's not exactly something you hate, but it's not exactly something that'll get you super excited. I think that's been the theme overall uh, over the course of, you know, um, these signings over 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 this summer, barring Sabitzer, which we'll obviously get into a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I mean, with regards to the left back situation, I, I, I don't necessarily feel as worried for that as I do for as for the right back situation. I think left back is relatively where, well covered considering Ben Sabayani is likely going to be our starter. And then we have Ryerson who can play on both sides. So he's likely going to be the main backup there. What I do think the club is going to aim for is like you know, Carver already mentioned, jo- uh, Joshua Wagnerman. He, he's likely more uh, of a target for the right back position, which I think is something that's a little bit more dire in terms of rebuild. Because if you look at the types of players we have there right now with uh, Thomas Mounier, uh, Marius Wolf, and Matteo Moray, I mean, none of these players are really in the position to, you know, be a starter in that position. I mean, Mounier is basically one foot out the door. Uh, Wolf, we've seen, can cut it against, I guess, what you would what you'd call a more average team. I don't think he can cut it against, you know, higher level opposition, either in the Bundesliga or in the Champions League. Um, and then Matteo Moray, granted, he has shown that he could likely be or possibly be a promising uh, player in that position. His injuries just don't let him show that on a regular basis. So I feel that's something more so that they're going to focus on in terms of kind of re-upping and getting more players in in that position rather than, you know, focusing in on left back, which they're kind of already covered in. Yeah, and the player profiles, you kind of get the sense, too, that that's not exactly what Terzic fancies. He's looking like he favors more of the physical, bigger players, stronger, not afraid to get themselves into challenges, and, and Moray and is not exactly that player at the moment. And, you know, Wolf has his moments, but, yeah, I don't know if you can really rely on him to be at a high level, at least on a consistent basis. I'm not really sure it's how you win really any silverware, but... Um, I did want to give a shout out because we, we got a question on, on this topic. So while we're on it, a Van Persie enthusiast uh, said, is it is it a good idea to re- rely on Wolf as the RB uh, right back starter, left back backup? Or does it make sense to get another fullback? I know we kind of mentioned that, but like to extend on that question, and I know you mentioned Ryerson, like I see him as the starting right back. So that's where I, I'm more, and I know we, we've seen him start on the left or switch to the left. Um, but I almost see him as a starting right back. And so you bring in Vincent Baini and then that's where I'm confused. Like where, where's the depth? Like, and that's why I feel we need to sign someone else. Cause I see it like Ryerson as a starter on the right side, instead of like the left side backup. I mean, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um, I mean, obviously Ryerson has shown that he's a lot better than, than anyone could have really expected coming from Union Berlin. I mean, he was a solid player for them. But he definitely stepped up to Dortmund's level and showed that he can play on a really high level. I still don't know if I'm convinced that he's a starter, you know, game in, game out. Like he's definitely a fighter, definitely a very energetic player. Um, but I do think that there needs to be at least a bit more competition in that right right back position too. Like even if we're putting Ryerson there, there's no one there to back him up anyway. So I feel like there has to be someone else that comes in, in that right back position and either starts in that position or pushes Ryerson in, in, in that vein. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Ryerson's ceiling is going to be in these coming years because, I mean, he's really impressed me so far. And I'm, I know he's obviously not so much of an offensive threat, but I think he's also very much impressed me with, you know, his his ability on the ball with his weaker foot and at times, too, just his technique as well. So I, I'm curious to see where he can improve because right now I um, it's it's 
it's definitely a possibility for me, depending on the day of, of him being that starter. Yeah, I remember when he first signed, um, and Carver, I remember having having multiple conversations of just like being surprised, I guess, at his his level. And then he like, I think after the first game, I was like, I think he's just running on adrenaline and it felt like he never stopped. Yeah. He never slowed down. But it does feel like <laughs> we've kind of like you don't know if his ceiling goes any higher than maybe what we've seen. And maybe he, he was uh, overachieving a bit in this season. And yeah, the question is, can he go more? Can he be that first team player that we need? Um, and I, I think he showed some glimpses. But yeah, again, it's like, where is that ceiling? Maybe we've, we've seen it, um, which because I think if you look at the the profile of the signing too, like he was pretty cheap. Um, and, and like he, what didn't seem to be on like a ton of people's radar. So like, was that a, just a sneaky one or is it just the the type of player from like, have teams been scouting him before and didn't see enough. And then we just like, we're fortunate to get something out of him. Um, don't, don't really know. There's that question mark there, but yeah, definitely. I think we need some, some more depth and some more options in those positions. Uh, the question is, are we going to, are we going to make a move? Yeah. And then uh, moving on to the next signing, Carver. I think I'm just going to let you handle this one because I know you got a lot lot of thoughts. (laughs) I mean, we've already said we've already said plenty about this player. Um, I I think we really overspent on him. I mean, strictly all the all the controversy aside. Wow, the price. I mean, when the rumors were initially coming out, we're it was talks of. I mean, ten sounded low, but ten, fifteen for a few days. Bumped it up after a week, another week or so, 20, 25. Here at the end of the day with the total package deal, we're spending about 30 million euros on uh, on Metro from Wolfsburg, which is which is pretty outrageous in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't see what uh, Terzic or I guess the the rest of the, the coaching staff sees in him, again, strictly from a sporting perspective, to earn that sort of, of, uh, of deal. But... Besides, I, again, I guess just fitting that profile that Terzic wants of having the more physicality in the midfield. Uh, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm, I'm not saying that at all, but just 30 million is is a lot. And I think it could have been reinvested, I guess, elsewhere, or, or at least in a different sort of player, um, especially one that wouldn't make our fan base so incredibly toxic for this whole summer so far. Um, but also getting people to tell on themselves too, which is always fine. Um but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much my thoughts on it. Yeah, um, it's uh, we've had a lot of conversations about uh, Felix and Metro um, off the record. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely not just strictly speaking, sporting wise, definitely not a very um, inspiring signing, in my opinion. I think the price was definitely you know inflated. I mean, granted, are we really surprised with the market as it is? But considering that. When we try to sign players from the Bundesliga, I feel like Dortmund does try and look more so to to cut a good deal. It's just mm-hmm. surprising that the price managed to get as high as it did. Um, and I mean, I, I've been saying this, you know, all all summer. Basically, there's numerous other players that the club could have targeted. Granted, they might have not the exact same profile as the Metra uh, or Jude Bellingham, because I mean, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna replace Jude one for one. And I think it's something that. Uh, that Brent said in a recent interview as well, that, you know, you're not going to replace his output. You're not going to replace what Brent, I mean, uh, what Jude did for the team with any singular player. Right. But I mean, even just looking at some of Wolfsburg's dealings, uh, you know, in the advent of us purchasing the Mecha, they tar- targeted uh, Lovro Meyer from, uh, from, uh, from Ren, I believe. And he himself is, is a wonderful player. I mean, watching him play like people have compared him to Luka Modric down the line that he would eventually end up even being his successor at Real Madrid is that going to be the case I don't know but that's the comparisons that people have uh, have thrown out there so seeing them take a player like that and try to go after him using the money we spent for Mecha is just I don't know it's it's interesting to to see uh there was also Maxence Kakare that that I believe that we were linked to and he's a phenomenal player as well did a whole piece on him with regards to why he would be a good option for Dortmund as well. And it's just interesting because I feel like we could have gotten these players for a similar price point to do a similar job. And yet we decided to go for Mecha for whatever reasons, be it that he's German and he might stay longer with the whole argument being that, you know, German players want to stay in Germany and all that. Um, I just think it's interesting that we went for him, I guess, Maybe it's because he played for Manchester City's academy. We can't get away from those players. So um, I don't know. Right. 
Right. And you know what? I'd argue I could do one even, one even better. Shkiri from Cologne was, went to Frankfurt on a free transfer. I mean, it, I know a lot of times we're pretty, the club is pretty obsessed with those free transfers and, and saving money. I mean, that would have been another great grab for very little money. So it, it's a head scratcher financially. And, and from a sporting perspective, same way. It's very, very uh, out, out of nowhere and, and weird. I, I mean, I, yeah, the, the price on this one, I mean, I think everyone knows th- all this, this has happened, right? I mean, I don't want to say like it's in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to move on from that, but it's like, I know everyone had their rants and, and raves on, on Twitter. Like it feels like it's been a oh, yeah. month now. <laughs> so like, I'm not trying to rehash any of that. Um, just on the, the price is crazy. The price was crazy. <laughs> and, and when you're looking at like, was it Alvarez at the time? And that seemed like, oh, that was too high of a price. And then. We spent the same amount of money, basically, uh, maybe slightly different player profile. I don't know. But my only upside, not upside, but like optimistic outlook is like he's he is young. Um, and I think this this comes down to not only as a, a player, but as a person, like I think there's a lot of room for growth in both areas. And hopefully he comes out and he performs well and he maybe comes out and says, I don't know. Just he has personality changes <laughs> without getting into anything. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, right. he's young. Yeah. He's got time to grow. Hopefully he can prove us wrong. He's a dormant player now. Um, I don't think I'm going to be boycotting games every week because of anything. Like I just uh, I'm going to back the team. I don't love all the decisions that have been made, but like it's still Dortmund is still our team and I'm still going to be watching him a week in week out. So I hope that he uh can can become a good player for us. I just feel weird even having yeah. to push and say this, but you know what I mean. I'm not... <laughs> no, but in reality, I mean, it, it's the truth, right? He is a Dortmund player. Nothing we do will change that. And people should be given the space to change and grow to be better individuals. I mean, we're, we're not going to, once again, like you said, it, it's hard. I feel like we're beating around the bush, right? It's hard not to get into the details of it when talking about it. But at the end of the day, he, people do deserve a second chance. But the, the confusion I, f- I feel stemmed from people were upset that it was being voiced even initially, right? And I think that you can voice your uh, displeasure in someone's actions, but at the same time, allow them the opportunity to, you know, grow and change. So it, it's like one doesn't negate the other, you know? Right. Yeah. That was and- almost a month ago. That <laughs> signing was announced on the 3rd of July and, and even weeks before that is whenever the rumors started cooking up. It's sorry, crazy that it's already been re- that much time passed. Sorry to rehash everything, but uh, he's our he's our player now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the most recent signing, and I feel like there might have been some youth or younger guys in here. Dortmund, I feel like they always sign, sneakily sign some random youth players anyways that I, I might be missing. But uh, the obvious other one to be slotting into the first team is Asabitzer, which I... Carmen, we, we actually we text a little bit, but we haven't talked too much. This is one I'm... A lot more excited about. Um, I think it's a good signing. I was always kind of a fan of him at uh, Leipzig, um, and I know I, I remember watching the Bayern thing, like him kind of following Nagelsmann to Bayern, and then just nothing, like nothing happening, and uh, him him never really getting the chance, which seems surprising following his coach. Uh, but at the same time, it's Bayern and like the depth they have, like you really got to push it. And but because of like if I understand if some people might have concerns that he went to Bayern and couldn't get in the team. And then transferred out to to Man U, but I, I think that was more of a, I don't think it was necessarily on him, and maybe it is, but I, I'm a little more optimistic and pretty excited about this signing. Well, yeah, Nagelsmann wanted to bring a handful of his players from Leipzig over to Bayern whenever he was uh, moving there himself. So, and then it just obviously didn't pan out, and he had other options. But I mean, I still like this move overall. You have you were really missing a true warrior in the midfield when you lose a player like Jude Bellingham. So having someone like Sabitzer is obviously not going to fill that void, but it's going to certainly help. It's again, another very experienced Bundesliga player. All of our transfers this window so far have come from the, from the Bundesliga. Um, do you remember a few pundits? I can't remember who off the top of my head that I remember them specifically stating that he was the most underrated player in the league a few years back at Leipzig. Um, it is a four year deal. And however, my only slightly concern is just this turning into like another 30 year old plus player that is overpaid and we can't get rid of a few years down the line. But I mean, that's 
pretty minimal in the back of my mind. I guess just like that's the that's the uh, the pessimist almost in the back of my head. But again, he is a good addition to the squad. It shouldn't be the end for this window, though. I think we need to keep pushing, like I said, keep reinvesting into the back line. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's a solid signing. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with uh, all of what you guys have said. Um, I feel like some people are disappointed in the signing, mainly because of the fact that we spent so as much as we did on Nemecha. And I know I'm just kind of segueing back to that because I'm actually writing a piece on on like my thoughts on the signing and all that. Mm-hmm. And kind of the, the crux of all that is people, I feel like people would be more excited if Sabitzer wasn't coming off of almost two years of, of, of his time playing or rather not playing um, when he should have been, when he was entering his prime. Now he's kind of in it uh, kind of, I guess, exiting it. Um, and I, having him come in and likely be the starter, I feel is just the one thing that that's kind of the crux in all this because I feel like if it had been, you know, another player that came in that we were all really excited about and then Sabitz are on top of that. I think that would have made people a lot more excited about it. Right. Um, because he is a very versatile player. can play multiple positions, can play as a 10, as an eight, uh, as, as a six, uh, in, in, in a double pivot based on his own words. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think there would be more excitement if he wasn't looking like he was going to be the main starter, because let's be honest, like we said, he's a player that has had two years that where, where he hasn't necessarily been, uh, a top, like, like a starter for either side that he's played for. And that does have an effect on, um, you know, a player and their ability to perform. So what I hope is that coming into this new season and this and this preseason prior to that is that he can really hit the ground running and show the form and be the player that we saw for Leipzig. Because if we do get that player, then there's every reason to be excited because like you guys said, he, 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 he did it all for Leipzig basically. So I feel like if we do get that player, that'll be great. And it'll go down as a really, really good signing. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, with the wages, I'm also not worried about that necessarily because apparently Kale was able to, you know, take take his wages and cut them a bit as well from what yeah. he yeah from what he was earning uh at Bayern. so i figure all in all it is a good signing it's just once again if there were other signings around that that brought up more excitement i feel like it would be a more exciting signing for people right i forgot to mention kale bringing his salary down i think it was around 10 if not slightly over 10 at Bayern, and then kale was able to bunk bunk it down to seven and a half or eight or something like that million euros if i'm not wrong and even though he hasn't played a whole lot of football in the last year uh even just in the last 365 days he's still compared to other midfielders in the 94th percentile for shots 87th percentile for non-penalty xg 81st percentile of non-penalty goals and then 82nd percentile of aerials one so i mean he's definitely going to be an attacking threat which anyone who's seen him before it can i can see that as well but is of course he's going to be contributing on the other end and the other side of the ball as well. So we've got a pretty decent uh, like box-to-box midfielder on our hands. But yeah, like Brian said, I just, I just wish there were some other uh, business going on around that or likely before that too. But still got time. Uh, quick shout out to Brooke G who uh, did ask about her thoughts on Sabitzer. Uh, and then this is probably way too early to even like ask this question. I don't know. It's, this is going to be one of those hard ones where it's going to be a hard question to answer this early on. But that's why we love these questions too. Shout out to Andre, uh, Andre Swan. Thoughts on who starts Sabitzer uh, or Mencha, and what other positions do we need to address? But first, on what is this midfield going to look like week one? I would imagine it's probably going to be the same that we were seeing before of the four five one, and then at times four three three, um, and just having that midfield trio. This time now, it's going to likely be Chan with as the as a single pivot slightly. Uh, behind the duo of probably I would imagine Brandt and then take your pick. I mean, I would probably start Sabitzer, but that's just me. I mean, Brian, did you mention that you'd probably uh, have him come off the bench to start or what are you thinking? No. So, well, I definitely think Sabitzer is going to be starting and I think that's why oh, he was gotcha. brought in. Uh, what I was saying more so is I feel like if he had been brought in alongside more a, a different player that was, you know, more exciting and, and likely to start, I think he would have been a good depth option in that sense. 
But considering the options we have right now, I definitely feel that Sabitzer is going to be starting. And I think that's kind of the reason he was brought in as well. Because Nemecha is a little, granted, still relatively young. He's had one good season in the Bundesliga. I feel like what they want to do is kind of take the pressure off that price tag that they got him for and bring in a more experienced player to kind of play that role for now and then move him more into that role once, uh, you know, once he's ready. Um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad strategy. Right. It's just, yeah. Once again, I feel like it would have been, yeah, a better signing if circumstances were different. I mean, Metro only started 19 games in the Bundesliga last year too. So, I mean, it's not like he's in a completely different boat of not starting a bunch of games last year for their respective clubs. And I just want to also off the top of my head, Jake, the, the young player that we promoted from the second team that you were uh, thinking of was Ali Pullman, mm-hmm. who's also kind of a similar player that where you can get higher up the field and uh, play back mm-hmm. as well. So he's, he's from the second team and yeah, we just another promotion. So that was the young player that we were referencing yeah. and looking at, so I know Carver, you mentioned like Sabitzer. We didn't like say his age necessarily was, I guess my only hesitation going back to him. Um, but cause, uh, he's 29. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a little older, like four year deal. It seems like a lot. Um, because as we see in the Marco Royce transition, uh, what's been happening. And so hopefully like, can he stay healthy? I think that's a big question, but I think the tran not the transition, but the option to, if he's your, your starter in that position and, Metro can and push for that spot and take some time to grow. Um, like you said, Brian, like take a little bit of the pressure off. Then that that's, I mean, hopefully that works out as planned. If, if that is the plan, it is sad. Just thinking like, I don't want to, this is going to be a Jude Bellingham pity party, but uh, <laughs> as a player who is, we, we knew we were going to have to sign multiple players to replace him. Right. And now that we're here and now that we have the, the two players that looks like are going to take over that role. It's like, oh, man, because <laughs> we say Mitch is young <laughs> and he's 22, uh, two years older than Bellingham. So it's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> right. One other question, not a Twitter question. This actually came from threads. I have not logged into our threads in a couple weeks because threads was fun for two days. And then it, <laughs> <laughs> and it really didn't take off. <laughs> uh, but sh- shout out to uh, Stefan or Steven Berkowitz said, does BVB need uh, to add another starting player to the team before the season begins? And what is our greatest need right now? So, yeah, jump in. I know we mentioned fullbacks, um, mentioned kind of like the midfield situation. Brian, what would, if we could sign a position tomorrow, what would that be and where? Uh, I mean, as of right now, I think it would have to be right back. I think it goes back to the options that we have there at this time and knowing that, you know, one of them is likely not going to be there um, going forward. Um, clearly seems like he's he's kind of on the periphery. By that, I mean Mounier. Uh, one has not convinced, being Wolf. Granted, he, he's had good performances, has not convinced at a consistent level. And then Matteo More being a player that is, you know, consistently injured. I think having that player uh, in that position would be critical um, or getting a player in that position rather would be critical. So, so for me, it would definitely be right back. I mean, there's, there's definitely some options that, you know, Dortmund have already looked at. I mean, Ivan Fresneda, sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, he was an option. Not sure what's going on with that at this point in time. I feel like that, that rumor is kind of dead in the water. Um, but there are options for Dortmund to, to look into. I mean, uh, one of the ones that, that I've seen floating around is uh, Luchel Gibtrida. Yep. And I yep, think I was he, gonna mention him too, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a really good signing just because A, I mean, pretty strong, solid defensively. B also very versatile, uh, yeah. can also play center back and can also play in defensive mid. So I feel like that would be a really good signing to to cover our bases. Um and also provide a starting player in a position that we have dire need of. I think he's played fullback as well a few times, uh, at least semi regularly. So he could, you know, really help with all three of those positions which i think again needs to have the most investment here in the squad uh, or if not like we mentioned already the the rumors recently of vagnomen too um can play right back can play left back i think both of those need some sort of addressing at the moment just because we're you know we're one injury away from being a, in a pretty tight situation just like with last year uh jake how i mentioned with i think it was towards the end of the season whenever either hummels had a knock or schlatterbeck had a knock and it's like how did we I don't know why some people are surprised given we have three center backs right now and we're in three competitions. 
Like there, there just, there just needs to be more personnel. And, and, you know, I'm not saying someone, we need to buy another starter by any means, because we have, you know, the three best German national center backs are going to be right now, but there needs to be some sort of help at the moment to kind of cushion, you know, very aging Hummels. And then of course, if there's something happens to Sule or Schlotty. I even saw, is it Koulibaly? Who's the, like the young center back? Like right. he's allowed to leave too. So it's, it's not like they're trying to, it doesn't look like they're trying to ingrate him into the the first team at all. So yeah, we almost a, committed an absolute war crime getting uh, Kulabali over to Burnley. I forget what the figure was going to be something like fifteen million. I mm-hmm. mean, man, how we were so close. It looked like it was within hours of getting done, and I have no idea. I I just I want to get on whatever Burnley was smoking that day because. <laughs> No idea what they were watching when they were <laughs> interested in him. I think he did. Uh, I think he did pick up an injury, so that may play a role in why they pulled out of the deal. But um, I mean, that's kind of been his story as well. You know, from when he was even like younger, pre pre Dortmund days. I mean, I think when Dortmund signed him, he, he came in on an injury. So I don't know. I think that might have been it. Um, and I mean, me bringing him up, I'm not necessarily saying I want to sign a center back right now we definitely need to sign a center back but i'm if i'm thinking like first team starter i I, yeah right back as well going back to that that question um because that seems like the biggest mystery um or i mean another fullback but got center back we need that um let's go into emory chan though and defensive mid which maybe we do kind of have some depth there emory chan as now captain and uh, sally oshan sitting behind him in that depth position now with Emre Chan, I mean, I, before I ask you guys your, your first thoughts, Evan, on him taking the captaincy, Carver and I discussed captaincies so many times. Um, I think Koble was my main push, a small shout for Schlotterbeck. Uh, I think Koble was my, my main go-to. I don't think I had Chan like on my radar for it. I think we maybe slightly mentioned him. He wasn't number one on my list. And my only hesitancy is, of course, we saw uh, Chan in, in great form second half of the season, but what happens if he slides again is my only concern. Um, and is this going to put more pressure on him? I don't know, but that's my concern is we've seen so much inconsistency, inconsistency, like over the last couple of years, will he be able to maintain that? Cause I feel like as your captain, obviously you want it to be someone who's in week in week out and not, not out on form. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's definitely my concern. I think my main concern with with his captaincy or being named captain is more so whether or not he can keep his composure because we've known him to be a player that can make a boneheaded mistake, can, you know, you know, leave the team out to dry like I mean we've seen in the Champions League giving away stupid penalties, getting in people's faces, getting too aggressive. The hope would be that in him becoming captain now he recognizes the responsibility in that and is able to tone it back and kind of curb his emotions. Not that we want him to get rid of that entirely, because that's part of what makes him as, as good of a player and as good of a, you know, uh, personality for the team as he is. He's very emotional. He shows, uh, you know, that, that he cares. He shows that, or rather he, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. It's just finding that balance. Um, per his performances. I mean, yeah, at this point as captain, he's going to be a player now that's, Um, expected to start, expected to be on the pitch more, which means he has to perform. So all we can really hope for is that he continues on that rich vein of form that he had off the second half of the season really becomes a a true monster for us. I think mentally and physically, he has grown a lot in these last, or actually just since this calendar year. Um, I mean, in almost every measurable metric uh, he has improved on. And I mean, I I think yeah, both of you, you included Brian, said that you wanted Kobel as uh, captain as well, and I yeah, I would I'd probably put that as well. I mean, just given uh, that the leadership qualities that Kobel has, but Chan has a lot of those similar uh, traits, and uh, I th- I think with just his career almost coming full circle now, of you know, just I'm not going to go into the history of his career, but I think this could be an opportunity for really to him to like solidify himself as um, being a you know, a really quality player and, and just a, people abroad too. I want to say uh, these past few months, especially when he faced Chelsea in the Champions League, a lot of pundits were saying, you know, they had no idea that Chan has turned to be this class recently. And I, I think this giving him the captaincy is going to, you know, have him hold himself to a higher standard. I think he's really uh, hard on himself more than anyone else. So 
Do we have a vice captain? Is that Kobol? Yep, that's Kobol. Kobol or, I mean, Sule, if for whatever reason Kobol is not on the field. Yeah, I think right now the what they announced is that, that Kobol is going to be vice captain at this time. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Which is good. I mean, at least, right? I mean, for me, like you guys have already mentioned, for me, Kobol was the, the go-to choice. It made the most sense to me to, 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 to have him uh, be captain. I, I felt like his personality, disposition, and disposition, I guess, uh, it towards the media and also disposition towards the club have always been very much like I'm here in the long, like for the long, for the long haul. And, um, and yeah, I don't know that it just seemed like that would be the natural choice, but considering Chen is the choice, you know, got to support him at this point and hope he does uh, as best as he can. Yeah. And I, I mean, as like Koble as vice captain, like I know he is still young was the only question for him getting the captaincy now. Like my only question for him getting the captaincy now. So if there's this like year or two period where he gets to serve as vice captain and kind of be on this leadership council and learn and just like grow more, then I think that sets us up for the next time. It's not as much of a debate, like who the heck is going to be the the captain. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, it's there for the taking. And but I also wouldn't be surprised, like, give it a couple of years and Schlotterbeck will be calling for it, too. Um, and that's that's a good problem to have, like, just to have two captains, essentially, especially the two guys holding it back, um, saving our butts. So um, and then I, I think just on the I'm going to use this to transition to my next topic in question. But one thing like the Chan factor and like the Chan performance lately, like I think a lot of credit goes to Terzic. Um, and so with Terzic backing him and, and pushing him and encouraging him, I think that's helpful, which leads into Terzic in this upcoming season. And I said it last season, um, if we're going to like have this project and really like just, if we're going to let Terzic be the coach, let's let him, like, let's build this project around him and, uh, let him take the reins and, and not just like dump him after a season if it doesn't quite work out how we wanted it to. Um, and so that's, that's still how I'm feeling. I'm glad there hasn't been any movement or any really talk that I've seen. So I am like, just going to say it now, fully backing Terzic, uh, into the season. We'll see if things are slipping halfway through the season. But I think at this point now, like I, I still say like, give him another year, like look how, how he was able to turn things around. And I know like some other coaching staff changes happened, uh, in the like during the winter break too, bringing in another that new assistant who I should know his name, but I'm blanking right now. Um, but I'm just I'm still in the the boat of like let's back Terzic and give him this season too, unless things go horrendously wrong. I mean, you kind of have to back Terzic and this project at this point, given the club bending over backwards and again disregarding its core values to invest in Terzic this summer. So, um, I mean, this is the first time that. I have, uh, I guess, pulled back slightly from Terzic, but it doesn't mean I'm not backing him still. I just uh, just kind of maybe scratch my head a little bit with just the deci- some of the decisions that this club has made. But yeah, I mean, I'm, you have to invest in Terzic in this next season, it, definitely for the first half of it, and, and see and see where this project goes. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of what Carver just said is, is, is definitely uh, where I stand with it too. Um, you know, you can't, switch managers every single season and i i definitely i think we talked about this last last year too i definitely didn't want dortmund to become that team that does that like just wipes the slate clean every single time something happens because that's that's no way to build consistency and considering we're signing players that terzic wants that he feels fit his um vision for how this team should play at this point in time, the only thing that makes sense is to move forward. Obviously, I mean, I don't think it's up for debate at this point. Regardless, I don't think there's been anything going on saying like, "Oh, you know, Terzic is just going to be there." Yeah. Um, but just for j- just to put that out there, like you guys already have, um, yeah, it only makes sense to support him. And and at, at this point in time, that there's once again no point in changing managers over and over again um, because that's not going to build any sort of consistency whatsoever with this side. And I think that's what we said last year too. It's one thing that this side needed the most consistency. And I feel like at least in the second half of the season that showed. Right. So, right. And I think we'll see more of it moving forward, uh, uh, in the season to come. Um, and speaking of the season to come Carver, well, I want to talk the upcoming preseason matches, uh, quickly, but Carver, was there anything else that I might be missing? 
from your notes. No, I was gonna I was gonna get into the uh, the games coming up before the actual season starts. Perfect. Uh, well, Dortmund did land. All the boys landed in San Diego, I, I think, over the last Correct. 24 including hours. Including Sabitzer. Including Sabitzer. I, I did like their, as part of their announcement rollout, uh, just included like him packing a Dortmund uh, suitcase with right. all Dortmund shirts and was like, let's... And this this is like the same day. And <laughs> so the, they did all his... He signed his paperwork, did all his photo shoots, and then they probably left like literally within... 24 hours 24 to 36 hours of him actually signing he was able to get on the the plane and fly over stateside which is exciting to see i know they've already had i think two or three or two trainings uh, one or two trainings i know some of the shout out to some of the new york guys who are out there and then st louis carter is carter out there my name carver carter was there in san diego and got yeah shout out to brutal man yeah yeah and i'm just over here sad that I mean, <laughs> but it, it's really cool to see. I think even today, I mean, we're recording this on on Wednesday. Uh, this, probably, this will be out Thursday. But uh, as we were recording this, I saw earlier a photo that all the like the um, the the squad took with all the supporters who are out there watching, which is really cool. And it looks like they're getting access as the guys are walking past to get stuff signed and get some photos, which is really cool. And I know like that's what these preseason tours are, are kind of about. Um, it's, it's just really cool to see, I guess with more, more of the like connection with the guys from New York and everything, it's really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but coming up, uh, to, as this is out Thursday night, uh, tonight, maybe as you're listening to this, uh, Dortmund has their first U S preseason game against San Diego loyal. Uh, if you're outside of the States, San Diego loyal is like a division two team, uh, in America. So it, it probably be similar to, uh, I guess similar lineups, like maybe younger lineups, and and again, it, it's preseason, so it's it's getting guys moving, it's getting uh, getting them working a little bit, uh, but it should be exciting. Watch, it's at ten thirty Eastern time, so Brian, a little late for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, once again, it'll be a, a good opportunity for some of the younger players, I think, to uh, to get uh, some experience to to showcase what they can do. Um, I mean. I don't expect it to be a crazy lineup also because of all the injuries I feel we have right now. I mean, Reyna is out, I believe, uh, Daniel Mullen and, uh, Julian Duranville were also training separately. So I feel like once again, it's just kind of going to be a, a lot of what we've already seen with regards, with regards to the lineup. And, uh, and yeah, once again, just an opportunity for the youngsters to, to kind of play with the pros a bit. Although there is a lot of first team players in the squad that was announced. I was surprised how many. But, uh, yeah, it, it'll be cool to see, you know, some other people to get opportunities. And then we have Manchester United after that on the 30th in Las Vegas. I don't know who's going to that one. Uh, we are, Jake and I are not, right, Jake? I don't want to speak. You're not going to that one, are you? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I was and like, then, what, what emails have we been getting that we have a secret trip to Vegas playing, Carver? Right, right, yeah. We're not that cool. I got some news for you live on air. Um, and then, of course, Wednesday the 2nd, we play Chelsea in Chicago. That one we are going to. And we've had a few other people reach out from across the country, really, saying they're going to go as well. So be cool to meet some people. Uh, this is the second time I've seen Dortmund play at Soldier Field, too. I imagine other people have, uh, were at the other game in, I think it was 2019 or 18, when we played Man City. That one was a fun one to go to, too. So uh, it'll, it'll be a good time. And then uh, just the other mention, I don't think this one is in the states i'm not sure but sunday yeah. august 6th uh another preseason friendly against ajax but obviously these, these last few matches uh ramping up to the season um before we start with our pokal match but uh i know it's i mean i just hope to see a little bit more hopefully in these matches we we see a little little bit more and maybe a little uh, more what the lineups could be i don't know preseason is a lot of like kind of trying to build those partnerships and build the, the team dynamic you want. You're still going to see a lot of rotation, but I think with matches like Man U and Chelsea uh, it's in Ajax coming up too, it's like right. uh, exciting to, to see, like get little nuggets of what the, the season might actually look like. But Brian, is there anything you're looking for specifically? And Brian, are you making it to any of the games coming up? I wish. Uh, I was going to try and make it to the one in Chicago because oh. that is that is the closest one. Right. Um, but unfortunately, no, I won't be able to make it to any of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to be looking to see, you know, how how the new signings are doing, um, how they fit into the squad, and 
and where they're used necessarily. I mean, we, we go back to, to Sabitzer um, being a versatile player. I'm curious to see where Terzic is going to put him in on the field, um, looking at how Nemecha is developing and, and, and how he's playing you know, with, with his teammates and all that. Um, I will be ver- uh, more excited to see a bit more of uh, Julian Duranville because obviously what we've seen, what, what we saw from him in, uh, on the last day of the season was really, really exciting. So I feel like these games, once he's, he's hopefully more fit and, and able to partake, will be a, a, a little bit better of a, a gauge and, and a good place for him to showcase what he can do in a less stress-filled um, environment. Um, because obviously coming off uh, the injury that he had when he signed, you know, Dortmund are likely being as careful with him as they can. Um, but yeah, I think it, in, in the, that sort of environment, he can really start to show what, what he can provide for the rest of the season. So I'm definitely going to be looking for that. Brian, you mentioned, just in case people don't know who you are, uh, which hopefully they do, more people might know who you are than than us, uh, but we appreciate you <laughs> jumping on here and uh, hanging out. Or at least you, you might have, if you think you might not know who Brian is, maybe you've read some of his stuff. You mentioned kind of offhand that you're writing some things. So can you tell people what you're writing, how they can find you, or they can find your your current work and everything? Just just plug yourself. Sure. I mean, the the piece that I, that I was talking about is going to be a bit of a um, pros and cons thing for the Sabitzer signing. So more obviously on that once that comes out. Uh, but generally speaking, I, I, I write for BBB Buzz, um, playing for 90, and get German football news. And... As always, all of that will be linked in the description of this uh, this podcast. <laughs> and then you can find us on, on socials too because we'll have uh, Brian's at handles and, and everything. Um, so make sure you go follow us at the BVB pod on Twitter and Instagram and threads. And on threads. Yeah. <laughs> suck, 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 and, suck. And or if you uh, just prefer email, you can hit us up, the BVB podcast at gmail.com. Um, everything's linked in the description. If I got it wrong, cause it's been a while since we've done an episode, just check the description of this, uh, this podcast would be great, but Hey, thank you so much for hanging out, listening. Uh, it's good to be back. And I don't know when we're going to be back exactly with a full episode, but even though I haven't told Carver this, I think I want to come, come on after each preseason friendly and just give a little update. Maybe a few thoughts. Maybe a short little like 10-minute episode. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I say that, and then you might not see anything <laughs> yeah, on the exactly. feed for a couple of weeks. But uh, <laughs> just follow us on socials for, for everything. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you later.